New Year, it's 2012, what, 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 unless you're uh, jumping on board the podcast uh, in 2013, because I'm continuing it that long and you heard some, your favourite artist was interviewed on the 17th of July 2013 and then you went, I kind of like that Bronny guy, I'm going to go listen to all these and you went all the way back here and I said, Happy New Year, it's 2012 and you went, no it's not. Um, I am relaxing lately, it's, it, was, it was hard to get up and do this, really. I could have been sleeping in, but I got, I got a, a Janis jostled myself out of bed. Jo- Janis Joplin, that doesn't work, Jocelyn. Um, to do this, because Pat McKenna is a friend of mine and I'm bothering him because he's worthy of being bothered, he quit music altogether. That's what he decided. And um, I thought that's a massive perspective that we need to look, need to hear about from him. Need to look at, hear about from him. Um, well, we also hear briefly from Leo Leinhart. He doesn't know that, but you'll hear from Leo Leinhart briefly as well. And I do have to explain a theory that my brother has called Drawing Too Many Cats. Um, when my brother was in high school, they had a competition to draw the picture, draw the picture for the, uh, for the graduating class jumper. And um, instead of drawing one great picture, he drew six different pictures, and each one was a different thing that a cat was doing. Um, and all of his all of his pictures got, uh, you know, around 20 votes, 25 votes. And the winning picture wasn't his, and it got about 28 votes. And he was like, "Damn it! If I'd just drawn one cat instead of all those cats, I might have won." So he has a theory about drawing too many cats in life, as uh, you know, following too many different career paths. And I had to mention that because Pat mentions it later. So you would have been like, oh, I'm kind of, I don't know what they're talking about. So that's what we're talking about. Um, So let me bother him. Sit back, relax. Bronny had me on his podcast. It all went by so fast. I looked into his charming face and told him all about the band in which I played bass. I haven't listened to it just yet. But I better said something I'll regret Don't wanna send the wrong message to you I'm talking way too much about you There's just so much I wanna say Like this, the old check, check the mic, check. All right. <laughs> I actually played an acoustic show in um, San Diego. Hmm. We're in like this really? little, yeah, in this <laughs> hall, and uh, there was it's a songwriters in the round. So there's four people on the stage at once, and three of my mates, John Hull, Rob Dees, and Kenny Yang, all up there together, and this guy who must just fucking uh, mix rock bands or something was the sound guy and no one's there and he's like um and as i walk in i see kenny is sound checking and the guy's like behind him gesturing like a strumming motion but like being really aggressive and he's saying something to kenny and kenny's just like looking confused and just keeps playing and um and then i get up and i'm uh sound checking and he's on the floor now and he goes just play real hard and i was just like uh Right, and so I started playing a little harder, but not getting any harder than I would play. Yeah. And he's like, 
no, no, like really bashed out, like as hard as you're gonna play. And I was like, this is as hard as I'm gonna play. And he's like, really? And then the other guy, the other sound guy there is just like, yeah, dude, they're acoustic musicians, like on their own. What do you think they're doing? He goes, oh, I thought there'd be like some aggression in this. <laughs> and we're just like, whatever. <laughs> and then gets to Rob D's sound checking. He's like, play as hard as you're going to play. And I'm like, have you not understood yet? That it's four dudes, for the most part, singing love songs? Like, geez. Except for Rob D's, he's singing about his bicycle. Yep. That's a good song. I like that song. Mm. Mm. I used to watch him on YouTube. I I'm in the studio with Pat McKenna, everybody. You sure say, are. Say hi, Pat. Hi, Pat. Yeah, the classic. Yeah. Um, it's a Brendan joke. <laughs> um, this might break down the fourth wall, if that's the right term. <laughs> um, but you the actually host Bronny Brothers. Do I? Not as in I'm Bronny <laughs> and played by Pat. Oh, I see. I mean, you yep. host it. Yep. Your web server hosts it uh-huh. because I'm too cheap yeah to have that's, my own. that's the question the fans have been dying <laughs> yeah to know the answer to where am i getting this episode yeah. from which ip address <laughs> i can't Yours. just look up the feed that would be ridiculous <laughs> I, d- um, I actually did look up the feed the other day i wanted to steal it to to see how you formatted it to... it took me a long time yeah i noticed and i know <laughs> we had a lot of problems you were trying to upload it and then you're like pat i need to do it again and yeah. again yeah and i was like well bronny's clearly got it right by this point <laughs> yeah. so i just got to copy his for my podcast and so it worked straight away for you yeah that's oh, great i'm so jealous <laughs> pat's just started a podcast called wild boar that's and I great. actually thought, like, this went from idea to on the internet very quickly. <laughs> how did he figure it out so quick? And that's how. Yeah. It took me forever. Thanks, man. It's not as simple as everyone thinks getting a podcast no, onto lots iTunes. Of, there's lots of little fiddly things that it doesn't like. Because so. mm. mm. even still, if you go to feedvalidator.org, the feed doesn't actually, val- well, it's a valid feed, but it's missing some things. Yeah. Which I didn't know how to add. Yeah, that well, was a frustrating week. I was actually checking the other day, like just the other day, to see whether you put, because we're up to episode two now, and I wanted to see whether you put new episodes at the top of the feed or the bottom. Mm. And you put them at the bottom. Okay. But I thought maybe to read like a real feed, I should put them at the top so it like reads in reverse chronological order. Okay. Has that benefited you? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't worry about it. Mm. <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't bother <laughs> Wouldn't bother. Right. <laughs> I heard it. Bronny bother. Straight out the gate. Probably wouldn't Bronny bother. <laughs> so tell me about yourself. Nah. That'll come one day when Bronny bothers Bronny. <laughs> um, <laughs> just when I run out of friends. It's just you and your bedroom. When I mind. when my show hasn't hasn't taken off, so no one, what no one that I don't actually know wants to talk to me, <laughs> and I just run out of friends and then just go. So a little bit about myself. Where did it all start? In Bayswater. Um, well, I'll be happy to come back again and okay, yeah. talk about you. Um, where I wanted to start with you was um, I've always kind of followed you and enjoyed following you because if you're... That's really creepy. You may be the quirkiest lyric writer that I have that I know. Oh, really? Yeah, I reckon. Um, everything's kind of funny, yep. but there's something hidden within the humour. Uh, I mean... You've got a song called Milk is a Marvelous Drink, which I think is hilarious. Um, but some some of the songs are like clever, witty lines hiding a love song or, of sorts to me. Yeah. Um, and I've always wondered, because you're a musician, so almost by definition, or you're a songwriter, so almost by definition, relationships probably weigh on you quite a lot. 
and you're very sensitive <laughs> yes. because you're a singer-songwriter. Yeah. Um, so are you hiding behind this humor? <laughs> you make it you make it sound like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you do know what you're doing. <laughs> I feel like I don't. I feel like I never have. I like the comedy thing for me because and this is something I want to talk about with you. I've Good. I've, I've prepared my own questions. <laughs> oh, great. Um I've I've always been a guy who loves to make people laugh. Yeah. Like whether that's through just chatting to someone and telling jokes mm-hmm. or you know, telling, saying funny things in between songs on stage, or saying funny things in the songs. Yeah, and um, and I've always tried to find a nice balance between, you know, getting the laughs and also getting something poignant across in mm-hmm. the songs. Yep. With most of my bands, I, I've recently just been in a band called Brodown where yep. I've just ditched all that and just gone for the cheap laughs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> with songs like "Milk Is a Marvelous Drink" and "The yep. Fresh Prince of Will Smith" <laughs> and "Journey to the Placenta of the Earth." <laughs> Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, making making people laugh has just always been a big part of of what I'm about. Yeah, and um, like you were talking to to Rob D's in a recent episode. Oh, yes, he was talking about how there is that instant gratification where you you drop a joke and the audience laughs and you know straight away that yeah that they appreciated that as yep. opposed to a love song where you've probably got to wait like put out a cd and then wait for like six months to some for someone to email you and be like hey man that really touched me yeah 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 totally Mm. and also love songs need a little bit more digestion yeah well and also i feel like because me personally i have been in like two long-term relationships in my life and that's and that's it Mm -hmm. i don't really have a lot of experience to draw material yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for love songs, especially like breakup songs, which seem to be yep. the norm kind of yep, thing. Yep. I don't have a large well of experience to draw, to, uh-huh. to draw that from. Yeah. Did you get rejected much as a teenager? Um, no, there's more fear of rejection that's uh-huh. <laughs> from talking to anyone. So Yeah. See, I kind of didn't have the fear. Yeah. I just had the constant rejection. <laughs> <laughs> which is something I admire, just having the, the balls to... Yeah go up and be rejected well i often say like all those women girls but they're women now uh really prepared me for the music industry yeah and the constant rejection <laughs> Man. Um, and that's something i think we've all experienced absolutely but it was only like on on the topic of that like constant rejection thing and, and the fear of mm. constant fear of rejection mm. like it's only a year or two after i left high school i was like nothing i've done up until this point in my life, like I've still never done anything that's mattered, that's had any real consequence. I could have done high school completely differently and I would mm. be exactly where I am now. Mm-hmm. So why didn't I, you know, ask more girls out and yeah. wag more classes? And like, yeah. I wag no classes ever. Wow. And it's like, why didn't I yeah. go ditch classes? Like if I get caught, the consequence is detention. Yeah. And like at the time it was like, man, I don't want to get attention. <laughs> and now it's like, What's a detention? That's yeah. nothing. Yeah. You know, I got I I w- used to wag classes and uh do things like pretend I was um doing my community uh my community outreach for mm. the class that we had to do outreach in. Um yet I would just go to KFC and eat and then just make up <laughs> my outreach. And then I would get my brother to sign off on these things as like some figurehead <laughs> of some like just like forge a signature. Yeah. Wow. Um why did you have to get your brother to do that? Why didn't you do that yourself? Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to be semi-legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else has done it. Um, 
but so I was, you know, I wasn't the like I wasn't the model student, and I would literally like be in history class with Mr. Jordan and say present, and then duck out and as soon as he turns around to start writing on the board, and then come back in at the end of the class and go thanks, Mr. Jordan. Weren't the doors in your school like right next to the front of the room? Nah, our year 10 history room, I was right at the back next to the door and he was right at the front. Who puts the door at the back? That's like... I know. (laughs) In Um, all our rooms in high school, it was like teacher at the front with the the whiteboard and the door's like right next to him. So you've got to sneak right past that teacher. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Um, Yeah, so I wasn't the model student, but I'd never been caught for anything. No detentions, nothing. Like always seen as a a great goody two-shoes. Wow. But then I got one detention in year 12. You got in one little fight and your mum got scared. <laughs> but you want to know what I got it for? What? The senior campus um, canteen was out of yummy drummy rolls. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's like, a giant, like a, roll? a giant chicken nugget uh-huh. in a roll. What the hell? Two giant chicken nuggets in a roll. And so I was like, I really want one of those. So I walked down to the junior campus canteen oh. got caught at the junior campus canteen with my yummy drummy roll given a detention i'm like this is the most innocent <laughs> i came here because i wanted lunch you revel you i was so annoyed how dare you yeah. contribute money to this school <laughs> oh, so so frustrating because i like, have like heaps of rolls down there yeah like no danger well running out no well stocked they could have even brought some up if they were oh they wouldn't do that no, no. too far to go it's not how it works uh, Sorry, I keep sipping as soon as I need it. Sounds like some good whiskey. It's great whiskey. I mean, I don't like whiskey, but... Do you not like whiskey? No. Okay, we've said whiskey a lot. Um, <laughs> so, so there's no rhyme or reason. Like, There are rhymes. You, you're, you're in a band called Another Castle, formerly Pat and Brendan. Yes, I was in that band. Yes. Yeah. Did I, I said you were. Well, I just didn't want... Yes, I you were. Sure. You was in that band. I was, I was, were in that band. Yeah, um... So there was no rhyme or reason to like the quirky songs like Sidekick Bassman. I noticed a lot of references to like, I guess, pop culture of our teens, like um, Homestar Runner, etc. But there was no like deep down underneath Sidekick Bassman. There's a story of love between me and this girl who... Well, that's actually a a specific story that I made up that song, which is not about love. Made up story. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't a stolen story. Or and see, that's what I admire, though. Like, I am horrible at making up a so- story I that I think is worth singing about. I'm doing that. And even if you listen to the song, I don't think the story gets across at all. Like, I would have to explain <laughs> to you the story, and you would go, I guess. <laughs> and it's not even a good story. No. Nah. But that's that's one of the few songs I've done it for. Like, a lot of the songs I've written, I, I don't know what they're about. They're about nothing. Yeah, okay. They're just like, those words sounded good. I admire that too. That's and cool. that's that's um you know in relation to my shallow well. What having my shallow well of experience? Oh yes, having not that much to draw from. Okay, and there's yeah, probably yeah. heaps of things yep. I could draw from, but like the things I've experienced are really boring. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, but one thing that always frustrated me about another castle hmm. was you were never mixed well enough to actually hear the cool lyrics. No. And the two of you singing those cool lyrics. Yeah. And well, here's here's the thing. Anyone who's listening who has no idea about Another Castle, we were a, a five-piece. We had guitar, bass, drums, keyboard, and accordion, and two vocals. Yeah. And it was myself on guitar and vocals, and my good friend Brendan on accordion and vocals. And 
we we just kind of had so much stuff, I guess, that the sound guys were like, oh, I don't know what to do. And yeah. the accordion, especially, you could barely ever hear because we just put like a, a one microphone in front of it, yep. which doesn't really do much. Like yep. if you play in the middle of the accordion, that's fine. But And also because I'm such a quiet singer compared to Brennan, who is so loud in everything he's ever done. Yeah, yeah. That, um, yeah, I always got told a lot that we could hear Brennan fine, but not so much you. Yeah. It's it's always it always annoyed me because I knew that like I was missing out on gems, especially when you were talking. Your banter was always hilarious, mm. but it would often be like, yeah, yeah. And I've always been really bad at that. Yeah, like yeah, maybe yeah. started off a sentence like, "Hey everyone, how you doing?" And then uh, yeah, we've got some uh, merch up the back. <laughs> uh, this is a song called. And I've always been to myself. Oh, I have to remember to yeah to do that on stage just to make myself more yeah yeah, yeah. clear yeah. And have never, for a single gig, remembered to do it for the whole gig. Yeah. So, so why did uh, another castle fold? Well, it's it's one part of a big story kind of thing, I guess. Okay. Which is, I mean, that makes it sound interesting, but it's yes, not. I think it is going to be interesting. Um, for like probably by the time this episode comes out, it'll be public knowledge that the band I'm currently in, the Statics, I am leaving that band, mm. and I have also, you know, earlier this year. My band, Another Castle, broke up, which was largely due to me leaving the band. Oh, wow, really? Well, well, I didn't leave the band, and then they decided to break up. But uh, myself and our bass player, Danny, were having a conversation that um, like neither of us were really sure about the future of the band. Danny wanted to leave because he's just so busy with all these other things, yep. which he is all the time. And yeah, I was so unsure about, especially songwriting-wise myself the future of that band mm -hmm. um that i didn't really want to continue it yeah I, you know so we just thought it would be that would be the right time to break up the band yeah as opposed to replacing almost half of the members because when you told me i guess i guess i didn't know you were leaving the statics at the time you told we talked about another castle but you were saying that you didn't want to uh you didn't want to peter out no exactly we didn't want to die in a whimper yeah because i because i do i mean i i've for those who follow me religiously might, might know that I blogged about your last show because it mm. was like a cult uh, figure had just like decided to throw in the towel. Yeah. Um, Cause it was like hard. There was people in that room that were just like, it was emotional. Yeah. Like it was the most emotional local band finish I think I've ever seen. Mm. And I think that that might be because we did just choose the right time to do it. Yeah. Which, which I think we did really well, rather than trying to go on and release maybe an album that wasn't that good. And mm. and like all those people who were in the room at our last gig, they were all our friends. Like yep. we hadn't picked up fans from anywhere. Mm. Like but do, I'm sure a lot of them genuinely liked our band. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's not like we got huge and I don't think we we're ever going to get huge. Yeah. Anything, even in the local scene. So everyone yeah. who was there were already friends of ours. Do you think that's 100% accurate? Because sometimes... I think my fan base is growing so slowly that mm. every new fan, by the time I get another fan, that last fan is just a friend. Yeah, well, that's probably very and true. And you kind of go, well, if if I want to be realistic about this and make myself feel a little better, look around the room and figure out who have I met f because of this. Mm. And those people I can probably consider fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Although I consider them my friend right now and I mm. go, it's just a room full of friends. That's because it's been such a gradual move. Yeah. That. that is a really good point, actually. Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't just go, it was nothing. They were all friends of ours. Because it was emotional, man. 
Yeah. I, I mean, know. I was emotional. I, I was time. a fan that night, going like, holy shit. <laughs> Every other night you hated us. Yeah. That night. <laughs> <laughs> I played that night, didn't I? Yes, I did. You did. It was really good. But I remember writing about it because I honestly felt this way. By the time you guys were finished, I forgot that I'd played. It was just such a roller coaster of... Well, that's flattering. It was awesome. Hmm? Um, so tell me about why Brotown exists. <laughs> We're called Bro Down. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, there's a TV show in New Zealand called Bro Town, and I keep I was mixing the two. Wondering if that was a joke that you're making. I was looking at your face, and there was nothing in there. There was nothing. <laughs> there was. When's my next sip of whiskey? Bro Town would be. Uh, that would be our name if we were together in the 70s. I think. <laughs> I've been calling people Bro Town lately. I don't know. Why. <laughs> hey, Bro Town. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Like so, that. Yep. Exactly like that. So stupid. That's terrible. Um, what, um, was, what was your question? <laughs> it had something to do with Bro Why Down. does Bro Down exist? Bro Down exists because um, I really wanted it to. Yep. There's uh, basically the sole reason Bro Down exists or exists is there is a, a local event at EV's Youth Centre, which is mm. one of our, both of our old local haunts. Yep. Um, that put on all ages gigs. And they've always done this yearly gig called Punk Fest where they have all these punk bands. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved punk. I've always been yeah. big into punk. Yeah. Um, and so on my bucket list has always been play Punk Fest. Yeah. And, but I've never been in a band that was like appropriate to do that. I yeah. Thought, well, I'm never going to get to do that unless I start that <clears throat> band specifically yeah. for that purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did that. We did it uh, last year, 2010. We started rehearsing and wrote a bunch of songs yeah. and recorded them. And then EVs decided not to do Punk Fest that year. <laughs> oh, that sucks. So we just went, oh, well, we'll shelve this for six months or whatever. And mm. I think we did play a gig last year yep. that nobody went to. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, this year, a couple of months before Punk Fest, we got back together. Mm -hmm. I wrote a bunch of songs and we played at Punk Fest and it was really awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And... The thing about one of the things why I broke up another castle, yeah, uh, was because I, I, and you've talked about this before on the podcast as well about uh, the doggy paddle scandal. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I could write songs for this band, but I'd be doing it just to write songs for this band. Yep. Like I don't know, I don't want to write songs that sound like what this band needs, yeah. needs to sound like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So totally. And with Bro Down, we were just. You know, three-piece guitar, bass, drums. And I was like, right, I'm just going to write exactly the songs I want to write. Mm. And I did. And they just kind of fell How out much of easier me. is it? Yeah. It was, and better it was amazing. Feeling. Yeah. I wrote, like I wrote, or together we wrote like 12 songs and actually a couple more than that that we didn't use. And they just kind of, they fell out of us. Mm. Yeah. Can you t t share with us some more titles? Some more song titles. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Dickmobile. <laughs> Which is about uh, people drawing dicks in the dust on your car and yeah. then you drive it around and you're driving the dick movie. <laughs> awesome. We've uh, also got Tops and Bottoms, which is a song about etiquette. When drinking beer, you've got to clink the top and the bottom of the glass. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just told all my friends in America that you have to do that. Yeah. Well, get them to listen to the song just to cement that knowledge. Oh, I will. I'm going to send it to them tonight. Hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, my baby left me for a garbage truck. <laughs> Yep. yep. Can I join this band? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I think we needed a, an acoustic guitarist. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. You're just scoffing at my ability to play anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that guy doesn't know how to write rock songs. <laughs> uh, what else? Now that I'm trying to think of our song titles, I don't know what any of them are. 
Oh, that's um, all right. Yeah, we had the song that you mentioned, uh, Milk is a Marvelous Drink. Yeah. Which is about, that song was inspired by a brick. By a brick? Mm-hmm. Go on. We are, you see sometimes in parks or whatever, they've got, you know, paved areas with bricks where people have carved things <clears throat> into them. Mm-hmm. Presumably when the bricks are being laid. Yeah. Uh, and one of those bricks in a, in a park around here says, Milk is a Marvelous Drink. And it's really? called 1979 or something written on it. Wow. And I went, right, I'm <clears throat> writing a song called Milk of the Marvelous Drink. That's all, awesome. All the songs for this band started out as a list of song titles. Yeah. And I went, all right, today I'm going to write Milk is a Marvelous Drink. That's genius. <laughs> it just went from there. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you mentioned you're leaving the static. So is Bro Town continuing? <laughs> down. Bro, bro Town. Bro Town. Um, well, to answer that question, probably... I, Properly, I think we've got to get deeper into this. Okay, that's and talk about and talk about probably the reasons why I am leaving the statics. Well, go for it. Take us there. Um, what it, what's happened? I mean, statics. People might remember I've had Arlo on, Jared yeah. Bedoto on. Jared's the singer. Arlo's the sometimes guitarist. We were actually just recently making fun of our drummer Leo because he's the only one who hasn't been asked to come to a Bronny Brothers interview. Ooh, <laughs> damn. He was pretty dirty about that. So. <laughs> I should probably get on that. Yeah. Even though he's got nothing interesting <laughs> interesting to say. Yeah, I do like he's a very charismatic drummer. I'll just mention mm. that, Leo. So um Can yeah. he talk about that for an hour though? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you stand up on your seat and uh make people clap, but I think it's very good. Tell yeah. me about that. <laughs> well I do that. And then I hit the drums. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Uh, that'd be funny. Thanks, Leo. Thanks for the laughs. <laughs> oh, I've had him on now. <laughs> so, that's, All right. that's that done. Perfect. I might, your banner might say Bronny Bothers, Pat McKenna, and for a second, Leo. <laughs> Have like up. a little picture of him in the <laughs> <Yeah>. banner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> yep. Funny. funny. We're funny guys. Yeah. No one knows Leo. Well, no. yeah. This is not funny. Uh, to no, no one at all knows Leo. <laughs> Just his family. I'm barely sure who he is. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Leo. And Leo, as well, I should mention, Leo has been in Another Castle and Bro Down with me. So we've, yes. we've been in a lot of bands Musical together, brothers. And we're, we're musical bros. Yeah, Bro Down. We, we Bro Down together. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a, a topic that's been talked about a lot, probably on this show, is, you know, how difficult the music industry is. Yes. And how... You know, you can toil in obscurity forever. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, I I only ever wanted to get into music to be big and famous. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I could play in local bands forever and I could have a great time doing it. Yeah. And I could put out CDs every year, every six months mm-hmm. and, and keep putting my money into the band mm-hmm. and probably never cover costs from gigs to, you know, put yep. back into the CDs yep. and to get, you know, to cover the petrol yes. that I spent getting to that gig. Absolutely. And I've been doing that for years and I've been very happy with it. Like I've poured tens of thousands of dollars into bands yep. and I've had the time of my life doing it. Yeah, totally, man. But I would like <clears throat> to take a break from that. Completely. I would like to just have, and especially being in, in the statics more than any other local band really, like we... We've been hitting it hard for a couple of years. Like yeah, we have, have like a full core. day every week where we have band meeting. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, we've got rehearsal, sometimes two rehearsals, and then we've got a gig or maybe two on the weekend. So that's like what two and a half days kind of thing mm-hmm. from my week 
gone. That's yep. a weekend and a bit. Yep. And I've never had a full-time job, but I imagine if I did have a full-time job and that, I would never have any time ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, it would just be so almost impossible to sustain a full-time job at the same time as that. Yep. So I've never had um, money mm. ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've never had more than maybe $2,000 in my possession at any time in my life. And then that could go at any moment too. Yeah, exactly. Because I've just been saving that up to put it in the band bank account kind of thing. Or you might need a new base. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I also imagine, because it's, we, I've also often mentioned on the show about things being your project and versus being in someone else's project. absolutely. And, And you seem, you're definitely arguably the hardest worker in what from the outside looks to be someone else's project. Hmm. If you well, know what I mean by that. I, I do know what you mean like that. Yeah. And I do um the band we're talking about, Statics, yeah. is is the f- uh I think Jared Pedoto was the first guest you had on this podcast. Yeah. It's he's he's the singer of this band. Mm-hmm. And um and I do know from from like most perspectives you could just see it as Jared's band with these other guys in it. But uh-huh. um we've we've all tried as much as we can like as much as you can in any band to make it your project while someone else is the singer and so obviously yep. the front man of it. Yeah, yeah. Like yep. we've always really strived to be like the statics is those four guys. It's not yep. Jared and his band. Yeah. And and I do feel like we all put in a whole lot of work behind the scenes to mm-hmm. to make it our project. Yeah. And which has absolutely not been the case in any other band I've ever been in. Like both Brodown and Another Castle. I felt like I was the real, like as much as anybody else really wanted to help and do their part, mm-hmm. I was the leader and going, all right, well, if you want to do something, here's what you can do. Yeah. And sometimes they would do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would love to be a guy in a band who would, um, who would just be that guy who showed up to rehearsals and gigs and yeah. that's it. Yeah. And I, a couple of times tried to, you know, in, in bands like Another Castle be like, well, if nobody else wants to fucking chip in, I'll just I'll just step back and be do the same amount of work as everybody else is doing, mm. like no work. Yeah, and then but I'm actually really bad at that. Like I would go, no, this needs to be done, and I want it to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and just you know, put myself back in the leader position. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of really bad at that. And you're like you're a workaholic. Like I've watched you hmm. edit fucking a million videos for the statics and just tirelessly <laughs> throw together hours and hours of footage uh-uh. for a great series of truck it videos yeah um for those who don't know you can you can watch the statics do uh it's yours so truck it mm. um which is an awesome series of them on youtube going out and uh playing in front of music industry execs mm. if you will uh just like driving into alleyways and just playing as loud as they could which was hilarious but you know once and I was part of that day but once the day is done you know there's a lot of planning that goes in but then essentially it's like eight hours of us executing this amazing prank yep and then I mean poor Pat sits there (laughs) for fucking six months yeah continuing what was editing the videos a hilarious eight hours yeah is a laborious six months Hmm. for Pat and that's been like fun and rewarding yeah but it's just another thing in like like I talked about that two and a half days a week dedicated to the statics in the past six months or so it's been more than that even because yeah. i've been at home editing those videos yeah and i can't i can't confess to being a workaholic i don't think that's true at all it's mm. just like i'm i'm 
quite the procrastinator. Mm, okay. But I'm happy to do shit. I say you're a people pleaser. I say yes to a lot of stuff. Kind you're of a thing. People pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've said yes to like even more things for me than I would <laughs> expect from a regular person. Yeah. Well, that's because we're really good friends. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, I have my brother who does all of this graphic design stuff for me. Yeah. Whenever he hasn't been available, I've been like, Pat, yeah. I need this real quick. And you're just, I mean, yeah, just so, what is that word? Um, Accommodating? Yes. That's yeah. exactly the one I wanted. Wow. You read my eyebrows, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> you had it r- tattooed in there. Um, so, continue. Sorry, I keep derailing you. Where was I at? Uh, Keep derailing me. Derail. Um, you were talking about uh, working so hard, having so many hours thrown yeah. at the statics and, and et cetera. I, I feel like it's time to stop doing that. I would like to have some time. I would like to do other things, whether yep. that is like, I'd like to go get a job and have more money. And I don't want it to come across like this is all about. I have been playing in bands for years and I don't have any money, so now I'm quitting so I can get money. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not about that. Like, there, that is a big factor in it. Mm-hmm. Money is good, and I would like to move out of my parents' house at some point. Uh-huh. And, um... But also, I would like to just do other things because I have been doing these things to try and make my band successful for mm-hmm. however many years. Mm-hmm. Like, some some efforts have been more serious than others. I yep. put a lot more attention to, into trying to promote the statics than I ever kind of did with Another Castle. Mm-hmm. Or, and I did no promotion at all for Brodown because I know that that band has no future as fun, <laughs> as, as, fun as it is. Yeah. But, burp. I, what, what was I talking about? Jesus. Um, Basically why you're throwing I, the towel and letting everyone down. Yeah. <laughs> why, why I'm saying, fuck you, everyone. <laughs> no. Uh, because I know that I do not have what it takes to make make it in the music industry for, you know, any number of reasons. Really? Because of the constant rejection and trying to recover from that. But also just because, like, I, I don't have the necessary talent and it's, or, the, or the patience to sit there and improve my skills by practicing guitar every day and practicing singing and practicing my songwriting. Yeah. Which I love doing... Like, I love doing those things as a yep. hobby, yep. but I don't love sitting around to practice them yep. because I, I, f- I feel like, sure, if I put in the time, I could develop those skills, Yes, but that's not what I want to do, mm-hmm. and I don't want to hate doing those things. But I mean, and I'm not saying that you are in any way mediocre at guitar or anything, but there's there's plenty of mediocre guitarists yeah. out there who are raking in the dollars. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I, I know that. And in those fact, people... not even just mediocre guitarists, mediocre everythings. And some of those because they just got lucky, but yep. a lot of them because they have good business sense and know which opportunities to take advantage of, Yes, yep. which I I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, you know, everyone talks about making those mistakes and then learning from them but I've just made the mistakes and now I'm quitting <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it's not a a self-esteem problem that I'm talking about like I, yeah. don't, I don't have the skills to make it man yeah. like I've seen people who have those skills and gone wow I do not have that Yeah, like people who can sit there with an acoustic guitar in a room and play and everyone shuts up and goes whoa yeah yeah and, and you don't have to be huge to have those skills. Like, mm. I've seen you do that. I've seen Jared do that. Mm-hmm. 
especially our good friend Michael Cooper. I've seen him do that a hundred yep. times. Yeah, yeah. And it's just made me go, whoa, what what am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, but I have that kind of realization a lot as well, like watching a friend of mine play. And it, and even, it can even happen after I've just done it, but mm. then I watch them do it and yeah. I feel like they've just done it a million times better. What was, why did I play before? Why did I play just a second ago? Like, mm. why am I considering, like, I feel like that's just the, the old chestnut of your, your own worst critic. Yeah. And I'm not trying to. Uh, not in any way trying to change your mind. I know that uh, you've obviously made a decision to uh, hang up the bass and the guitar and the vocal cords, at least temporarily. <laughs> um, but I think it's like, I don't think there's any lack of talent within you. And I think it's a massive uh, blow to the local music industry. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah. Sorry, go on. And I am not giving up, like I'm not saying... I'm never going to play a guitar again because okay, yep. I didn't make it in the music industry. Yeah. And I know that if I did keep going with this, like maybe I would, maybe I'd mm. like through my own skill or through just being a bass player in someone's band. Yeah. Like, you know, be touring the country kind of thing, but yep. I would rather do something else for the moment. Yeah. I would rather for the moment, I would like to not be in a band and I'm sure in six months or a year or whatever, I'll be like, man, Mm, I really yeah. want to be in a band again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put out a CD and play some gigs. But uh, yeah, for the moment, I I don't want to do that. A big part of um, the fun of being in a band is like the random friendships you make. Yeah. Like fleeting friendships. Are you going to miss like, do you think you'll still be hanging out in the same circles if you're not an active member of a band? Um, I would... And I've said to a couple of my friends, like, at this point, I would rather be going to gigs than mm -hmm. playing gigs. Yeah. Like, I love going to gigs and drinking beers and then playing some songs or just, like, I sometimes have more enjoyment watching other people play than playing myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know I just spent 20 minutes setting up and now I'm going to have to spend another and half an hour setting up and then put all the gear in the van and then yeah. drive home. And, and then take all the gear out of the yep, van. Yep, <laughs> yep. I would, I would like to... <laughs> Like, because gigs are such, you know, a celebration yeah. of just like, here's some rad music, enjoy it, drink a beer. Yeah. And I would love to, like, for the past couple of years, I have played like five times more gigs than I've gone to without playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would love, love to go to gigs and just have them not be stressful. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, lo I love going to, like, say, your gigs. Yeah. And getting drunk and having absolutely no concern in yeah. the world except for, like maybe one of my friend's guitar strings just broke. Yeah. So I might try to help. Yeah. Um, but it is funny that you mentioned like the, uh, the setting up for 20 minutes and then like people come and watch. And this is what I've always said. Like there is kind of this idea that a musician from an outsider's perspective is just like, what? You're working hard. You, what? You get up and play like, Oh yeah. Oh, so hard. That's absolutely all you do. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Aside from like everything you do every single day, trying to get gigs, trying to market yourself, all mm. that back behind the scenes thing, all that aside, there is just the one least glamorous part of it is to me like, not so much now that I'm solo, when I'm solo, it's super easy because it's just me and my guitar, but there is that idea that what's going on that people are watching has the opportunity to be quite magical and yeah. there can be like a connection between an audience but then they leave and you have the most unglamorous packing up all your shit driving it all home yep. 
in your own head. Getting home two or three hours after everybody else who went to the gig gets home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And reconsidering everything you did on stage and kind of that introspection and then getting home and you're so tired and you're just like, now I've got to put all the stuff in the house because I don't want to leave it in the car. And then you go to bed and you're just like, I wish I just went to that gig. Yeah. It would have been so fun. (laughs) And like, it's always like you're, when you're doing that, you're like, man, I can't wait to get to the point where I've got roadies doing this for me. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's like, that point is so not coming. Yeah. And then you, yeah. And then you think about it a little longer and just go, wow, I actually cannot fathom that actually Mm. happening in my life. Yeah. (laughs) That's something I just watch people do. Mm. And I'm sure, you know, Bono at some point couldn't fathom having roadies. Yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, he kind of does have a couple of roadies. Oh, yeah, in, in 16 Mack trucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, ah, Bono. Is that text from Bono? <laughs> uh, no. Just Ronnie, so, I need more roadies. I just, um, I mean, I think I might have mentioned it already before, but. He's all about the earth. Yeah. And then he's... I've heard you talk about Bono. <laughs> and then his tour is just like all these trucks. Yeah, I think it's a bit ridiculous. And I think that kind of thing, um, where you are you two and you've got like this, every gig costs $2 billion because mm. you've got so much staff running it and you've got these giant 3D TV screens. Mm-hmm. It's like, doesn't that kind of cheapen the experience like yeah. as much as it makes it more of like a whoa event it's like yeah. couldn't you just play without that and it yeah. would be more magical yeah and like also I I kind of have this idea that even if I was to be fortunate enough to be that size I would rather make it really hard to get my tickets and play smaller venues yeah and continue to just connect with like 3,000 people yeah rather than having a stadium full of 90,000 yeah and the person at the back really just goes like, yeah, I went to you too. Didn't yeah. hear shit. Yeah. <laughs> All the symbols were waving because of the air. Because <laughs> of the air. <laughs> you know when you go to a festival, it's just like, <laughs> from the symbols? <laughs> yeah. I hate, I hate festivals. Everyone goes there to get drunk. And you can't, like, when someone goes like, oh, Falls Festival was so awesome. Hmm. I go, well, you obviously weren't there for the music because I was there and, the music sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not the place to go, what's your favorite band? <laughs> it's horrible. You're um, there for the experience, for sure. Absolutely. You're there for, you're there for the crowd, <laughs> more than anything. Um, but, so, what I also wanted to ask about the statics, because I've also mentioned, um, to Arlo, I think I was talking about it, I've always had to get to know Jared's new band members. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of how I always knew you. But um, I got to know you because you yeah. became a member of the Statics. I've become good friends since then. But yeah, absolutely. That's how it started. That's yeah. That's sure. how we were thrust into each other's company. Mm, yeah, we've thrust um, many times since then. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> especially that one night when your bed broke oh, on yeah. tour. Um, that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I just wanted to know, like, I've never actually had a proper conversation with anyone who's left his bands. Mm. Um, it obviously had. It's obviously a pat, a pat thing that made you leave. It's not a, it's yeah, not a Jared thing. Absolutely not. And deciding to leave all my bands, especially the Statics, has been really hard because I like being the Statics. Yeah. Like I don't dislike it. There are things about it that I don't like, like not having any time and having to set up and pack up all my gear all mm-hmm. the time. And but like overall, 
I absolutely like I love playing gigs and I love hanging out with those guys in the band. Like we just went interstate the other weekend and it was one of the funnest weekends of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it sucks that I have to like I I feel like I have to stop doing that. Yeah. Um but the, it's I feel like I've made the right decision still. Yeah. I'm not leaving the statics because I I don't want to hang out with Jared and Arlo and Leo anymore. Mm. Like I love those guys. One of the worst things about leaving the band is like I don't get to see those guys several times a week anymore. Like I will have yeah. to call them up and go, "Hey man, how's it going? Let's hang out." Like yeah. so many other friends I haven't talked to in forever. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's really commendable that you're able to look inside yourself and kind of realize that this is something you need to do at the moment. Mm. And like when I texted you about coming on Bronny Bothers, um, you said, uh, I didn't know Bronny Bothers was a place for quitters. <laughs> yeah. And I was I, like, because you told me, um, a couple of months ago, like, Oh, I'd love to get you on the show at some point yeah. for a chat. And, um, and I thought, damn it, it sucks. I'm leaving the statics before I get to be on Bronny's podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'd really like to be. Because but I think it's all the, all the episodes I've listened to so far are all about, you know, you're sticking at this despite everything. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah. And I thought, you know, this that this doesn't really fit into that story. It's like, hey, why are you quitting? I, th- I think it's a chapter that absolutely needs to be talked about. Like, because there's no doubt that you haven't worked as hard as everyone else I've spoken to. Yeah. But uh, you decided it's not for you, at least at the moment. Yeah. And I think the quitter's point of view is absolutely one that, like... The shit it, it almost uh, validates everything I have talked about. Yeah, in that like, it just was a bit of a bitch for you. It's hard to continue. Yeah, pushing uphill all these passion when you also would have other passions. I mean, you're a great graphic designer. Yeah, and there are there are so many things I want to do that I just can't do because I have no time. Yeah, and it's for so many years. Like I've been in bands for almost ten years now. Mm. I've just been. Like the band has been my thing. Yeah. And it's been that, like, I haven't been doing, oh, I'm going to do the band and this animation thing and maybe I'll make a comic as well. Yeah. Like, it's been like, I have time to do the band and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Like, I can have one cat at a time and that's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you could look after a couple of cats. <laughs> <laughs> even though cats are shit don't yeah. look up don't don't even bother with the cat I think that's what, that's what you've decided <laughs> forget cats I'm gonna go get a dog yeah I'm gonna go draw a dog <laughs> yeah and like I just I just started up uh, a podcast with, yep. with a couple of friends one mm-hmm. of whom is your brother yes and I've been having a lot of fun doing that it's, yeah. uh, it's called Wild Boar you yes. should go check it out dot com wildboar.com.au yes. and that's boar spelt B-O-R-E mm-hmm. because we're funny and that's been a lot of fun but just trying to do that around the band and especially like in the past few months I've been doing the statics and bro down at the same time yeah yeah yeah. so it's like when do I see my girlfriend yeah 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 Um, yeah, trying to do all that at the same time has been crazy yeah well as I said I think it's kind of commendable that you've been able to make an obviously hard decision I mean there's been a million times that myself and I'm sure a lot of people I know have thought why yeah what's the point i would really like to just play the new batman game on xbox yeah. and just not stop playing it which came out today i believe it actually came out monday i already got it really but you see i've played <laughs> it for like 20 minutes because as you yeah. say your time is consumed by everything else mm. i mean 
I literally if did. life was just my relationships with people yeah. and Xbox, I'd get a lot of Xbox in. <laughs> I have, for the past however many years, envied people who are not creative. Yeah. Because they go to work, yeah. then they come home and they have all this time to watch TV yeah. and hang out with friends and just do whatever the And they're the super they happy want. as well. Yeah. And they're it's like super happy. I wish... <laughs> Like the thing about creative people is we're not satisfied by just doing that, by consuming. Like we have to create things as well. Yeah. And it's like an addiction that won't go away. Yeah. And it's almost, that's why, I mean, I I feel like I need to go to creative rehab or something. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I keep saying the word commendable. That's why I admire you because it's like, I mean, I probably would if I had the guts Mm. to just give it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it for, to satiate some need that I have. Um, and I'm not stopping because I, part of me fears stopping because then like, what's my purpose? Yeah, exactly. But then my purpose would probably be enjoy my day at work (laughs) then just have a good time, get drunk. (laughs) And I would love that. But would, would that be enough for you? Who knows? How much would you miss it? And it might, it might not be enough for you. Mm. And it like, I'm sure it could sound like. I was just, you know, playing a gig one day and it occurred to me, wait, I could be like at home watching TV right now. Yeah. And I just went, well, that's it. I'm leaving the statics. Yeah. yeah. But this has been a decision that I've been making for like almost a year kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And just trying to find the right time and the right way to to execute it. You yeah. Know? Well, you, uh, you mentioned Rob D's earlier. Yeah. And um, speaking of thinking I could be watching TV right now, he, uh, I think Tim and Tim Mudd and I mentioned it. Um, he, uh, he used to sign up for open mic at, uh, like 1030 because like he would sign up at seven hmm. and ask for the 1030 spot and then just be like, Oh, I'm just going to go to the toilet and then not come back until his time because he would go home and watch lost and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he was that obsessed with oh, like wow. making sure he got his lost in. And if he didn't get. If you got like an open mic time during Lost, you would yeah. just be like, oh, I can't now. Got a thing. <laughs> yeah. Family member in hospital. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Like he, he was he was able to juggle yeah. his want to just stay home. Wow. And uh, still fit in playing. Um, there have been so many TV shows I've wanted to watch for the past couple of years. Yeah. I can watch like one TV show at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just because that's the amount of time I have. And that's another problem I have. Like, I there's maybe four TV shows that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I still fit them in, but that makes something else suffer. Yeah. Usually my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, sometimes it's like something Bronny related that I just put off because there's yeah. a new TV show out. And that's why, as you said, like, and I think I've spoken about this with my brother a bunch of times, like... We, I mean, it sounds kind of harsh, but we wish we were one of those ambitionless people. Yeah. And I, I really do sometimes. Yeah. And I... Just like, like all I'm striving not, for is maybe a family one day. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, friends of mine have left high school, gone to uni, got a full-time job, and like are buying houses now. Mm. And I'm like, I have no money. Like, I literally have yeah. no money. Yeah. And so, And every now and then you go... I'll show them one day. Yeah. And then the next day you're like, no, I won't. No. <laughs> They'll show me. They'll come to a gig and buy a CD. Yeah. And then I, Out will, of pity. Have, I will have $10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Out of pity. And it's not like I'm leaving this band and going to just sit at home and watch TV. Like I acknowledge mm. that 
it'd be really difficult for me to do that. Like I'm going to be writing songs and drawing things and yeah. making podcasts and yeah. just because I'm just going to try and manage, you know, how yeah, many yeah. things I'm doing better. Yeah, yeah. Just because I don't think I could stop and still be happy. Yeah. Well, cl- please keep me in the loop when you write a song. I, st- I still want to hear it. I expect um, shout outs on the podcast every time I do something. All right. So if you here's just... a new song from Pat McKenna, <laughs> that retired musician. In the middle of my interview with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how Pat retired? He's still kicking. Yep. He won't. He refuses to stop emailing me. <laughs> uh, this song is called Psychiatric Guitar Man. <laughs> All right. Psychic Bassman. I tried to make a play. Oh, on. I see. A lot of people Psych. thought Sidekick Baseman was actually called uh, Psychic Spaceman. Oh, yeah. See, I keep thinking it's called psych- Psychic hmm. Baseman. I actually know it's called Sidekick Baseman. Hmm. Is it a... There's a brand of bass called <laughs> Sidekick Bass. Yeah, it's right? named after a Fender bass amp, the Sidekick Baseman, which I saw at my oh. high school and went, that's a that's a superhero name right there, Sidekick yeah. Baseman, and that's where the... Like, like again, in my songs starting just from the title. Yeah. And then moving on from there. It's brilliant. That's why that song has a story, because it wasn't a song called, like, I Miss You Baby or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it's called Sidekick Bassman. That song has to have a story, because people are going to say, why is why is this song called Sidekick Bassman? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, think it's, I think it's, like, a bit of a talent. Like, you hear those people who play games, and I keep trying to find people who will play this game with me and that's just like here's this week's song title make the song up i and think we've had a discussion about this before but now that i'm going to have more free time that's one of the things i want to start up yeah. like a website or a podcast or whatever oh yeah where every every week or whatever there's two songwriters who it's yeah. like here's a song title or a news article or yeah. a picture yeah go write a song you have yeah a week. yeah yeah because and I think that's totally a skill that you obviously have if you're writing songs based on just yeah the idea of the song title because I always put my song titles at the end like I yeah I think mm. of my song title based on what I just wrote but I think it would be a lot of fun to be like one of the hardest things forever for me has been what do I write a song about yeah yeah <laughs> and that's it's kind of the same for me but I've never stressed about it because I know that uh like I know I think. Gregory Page told me once that he writes for like four hours a day. Wow. And so there must be a lot of shit in yeah, there, yeah. right? Um, because what he what he brings out is sheer brilliance, in mm. my opinion. Um, and I just think to myself, like, I would just sit there lost. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because I don't write a song until I, like, until it's falling out of me. Yeah. yeah. Until, like, I need to and something, or like... Because there's even times when I'm like thoroughly pissed off at the whole universe yeah. and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm going to write a song. And then I sit down, I'm like, yeah, I can't write a song right now. Yeah. What am I going to sing about? Yeah. I'm too annoyed to sing. <laughs> so many times I've sat down with the guitar and gone, there's some good chords. Yeah. What's the song about? I don't know. You know what I really fear? At that point. You know what I really fear? What? Dying. <laughs> <laughs> really? A, dying, but yep. then B, the consequence of that, someone going through my voice memos. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say someone writing a song about, you know, the great life of Bronnie and it's shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I just, I'm so... You're very paranoid about someone hearing your undeveloped ideas? Yes. Yeah. And also the way that I introduce them a lot of the time, like, all right, this is a song, it's about this, I guess, and then I play it as kind of crap. Yeah. And uh, like, there's even songs that I've released on albums that are in my voice memos Mm. as the worst 
performance yeah. I've ever done and the most undeveloped song. Yeah. Disgusting. I feel like if I'm ever going to die, I hope it's not sudden. I hope I have an, enough time to just wipe my phone. <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm terminally ill or anything like that, I yep. want to say, just bring me my phone. I'm going to wipe it. Forget, like, I don't need to see my wife or anything. Just bring me my phone. <laughs> yeah. There's some shit on there that my wife's not allowed to see. Because, you know, like, you know, Je- all the Jeff Buckley tracks that have been mm. released yeah, since yeah. he passed away. He probably thinks they're rubbish. Yeah, he might hate them. He might be up there going, no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it uh, hasn't really done anything bad for his you know, reputation. Estate. Yeah. Shit. Um, um, yeah. Something else I was going to say. But I, I'm really interested in hearing, like, only when I've heard the final version of the song that came out on an album, like, the earliest possible demo of that idea. To mm-hmm. go, where did that idea come from yeah. and how did it progress to that? Yeah. Especially since... Like, I'm really bad at once a song is written, like, that's it for me. I can't move that song around. I can't change really, the words. Yeah. I'm really terrible at revising a song. Yeah, yeah. So I am really impressed and intrigued by people who can write a song and then go, no, actually, that verse doesn't work. I'm going to replace it with something completely different and change the chorus and maybe yeah. chuck an intro on there. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you're one of those kind of people. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But I, I can't do that at all. I've really? tried and it feels wrong. Like yeah. I know what that song is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes I do. I do do it quite a bit. But some, even hindsight with like my latest album and stuff, there's bits that I wish I had changed. Hmm. Like I listened to it finally. I was just talking about this yesterday, which is kind of a separate topic. But um, I was talking about this to my percussionist, Easy. Um, it's always, it's always been that a band will record their new album, yep. obviously rehearse it a lot, write it all, record it, and then they'll tour it. And by the end of the tour, it's often better mm. or changed a little bit or they sing it better because they just know it better. And it's definitely the case for me. Like I'll make an album and then I go play the songs a bunch of times. And then by the time I listen back again, like at 12 months later, I'm just like, this would be so much better yeah. if I did it now. Yeah. The, I often wonder why it didn't go the other way. Why bands don't tour with these new songs and then come home and go, now we'll release the album of the songs that we played on this tour. Yep. And it would also work better because I release a song and then I start writing. I release an album and then I start writing again. Yeah. And then I love these new songs. So half my shows are new songs. Yeah. And I have this album of then old. It's, it does make sense to me. But especially, well, that, that theory works, I think, for local artists where you can hear the song like... 10 times before you ever hear it on a CD yeah. and you can know the song before it's released but if you're you 2 mm. and you're touring you do like one show in every city yeah. so those 30,000 people come to listen to the songs that they know yeah. and you play a whole set of songs you've never released ever that's true. and everyone goes this is a crock of shit that's true and then the but CD comes funny? out later and they go oh yeah like I agree that would be such a better model like yeah. the, the most recent Static CD we put out um, we put out two EPs and it took us so long to record those songs and we didn't stop gigging most of that time mm. that 11 of the 12 songs are on there. We had played plenty of times mm-hmm. before yeah. before we recorded them. So we had, you know, that teething process yeah. of figuring out, you know, how we do that song and yeah. really nailing it. Yeah. But the one song we wrote last, um, we wrote a couple of weeks before we went into the studio and went, this is a great song. We recorded it. And then played it live a bunch of times and went, man, it's so much better now. Yeah. I wish we had just more time to sit on that. Like, it's still probably, all of us, it's our favorite song on that CD. But yeah. 
Is that damned if I do? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And just just listening to it, you go, I know this song is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm exactly the same with all my songs. But probably, um, like a lot of people who listen to it, you could um, show them the CD and then play it live and then they'd go, what, that's exactly the same? Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. would it be only us that ever noticed? Maybe, yeah. But isn't it funny, just a little thing, just before we go, I think, um, just the little thing you mentioned there that... Even a band like U2, it would be exactly like you said. I can't believe we've mentioned U2, a yeah, band I, I hate so I many hate times. U2. I know, same. It's just like, who's the biggest band? <laughs> yeah. It's U2. Um, even a band like them, it's true. People would go and hear, if they played 15 new songs, yeah. people would be like, that was the worst show ever. Mm. And isn't that funny? Like, you can be a fan of someone, yeah. yet go and watch them live. If they play something you don't know, you're just like, eh, boring. <laughs> but like... You're going to get their new album and go, oh my yeah. God, this is amazing. This, like, I don't know if we've got time to talk about this, but this is something I, I really want to talk about. Like, okay. just it is the state of the music industry that it is so hard to get noticed. Mm. Like, if if I was Bono and, you know, me and The Edge wrote a bunch of songs yeah. and we were trying, we were playing around <laughs> Melbourne or whatever, yeah. we were trying to get noticed, nobody would give us a second look. Yeah. Like, because there are the market is so flooded with so many bands, it is so hard to get noticed, and yeah. that's why we did this this statics thing mm. uh, where we we got on a truck and played outside the offices of these people who we couldn't get to come to our gigs, yeah, because everybody else was trying to get them to come to their gigs, yeah, like, yeah. we just had to go to them just to get your band noticed in a in a pile of ten thousand demos. Yeah. So yeah, somebody yeah. will listen to your song for ten seconds. Absolutely. Yeah. That is one of the hardest things these days. And, and even a new audience, they need Yeah, exactly. Like they need to be spoon fed it by the radio mm. before they think it's any good. Yeah. And um, because there is so much choice, like there is no excuse for listening to bad music these days. You don't have to listen to what's on the radio. No. You go on the internet and you can find fifty artists who play exactly what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like as much as I would love to say, like, go out tonight and see a band you've never seen before. Like, mm. Nobody needs to do that. You can sit at home and do that's that. That's right. And that's why I, I kind of focused a lot on the internet now because people just aren't leaving their house for yeah. music. So why not just put it on there for them? Mm. Um, but I, I, I've, I'm starting to try to go to a couple of gigs a week um, because I want to see people I don't know. Yeah. I, d I haven't met because I've played with them or something like that. But a perfect example that I think I may have mentioned, I, I can never remember what I have and haven't mentioned on the show, but um, to to totally support your point, uh, my analogy has always been, if I had have written Shake Your Rude Box... <laughs> Is that a song? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Everybody would have laughed at me. Yeah. It would have been rejected by everybody. Yeah, absolutely. But Robbie Williams wrote it. Yeah. Therefore, and so it's a hit. Number one, it that that's like probably the number one most irritating thing about mm. the music industry to me is that like if you've already bought your ticket in, yeah, you're in. If you're an established name, you can do whatever the hell yeah. you like. You can fart. Yeah. I mean, have you heard? Um, there's a, there's an album that Mike Patton did that he just I can't remember what it is he's doing. Is I that actually the haven't heard. Wondercane album. I don't know, but is there one that he's just like burping on it or something like that? <laughs> is there? <laughs> I heard that there's one like, album out there that he just. Let's just look at John Lennon for a second. Revolution number nine. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> He's John Lennon. He could do that. Yeah. Exactly. I shake mean, your rude maybe box. Maybe that's why someone shot him. What but... the hell is shake your rude box? <laughs> like, oh, it, 
And I was young and pretty crap at music yeah. when I heard that song, but I was still just like, that's when I first thought of this. I was like, that's so wrong that this is a hit. And it is that that is one of the most most frustrating things about like one of the reasons why I'm stopping pursuing music in any kind of professional capacity because mm. I could even if I did sit at home and practice five hours a day every day I could write the most amazing songs and go and play them and I could still end up doing the same thing I'm doing now for 10 years yeah because I might not get heard by that one person who has the potential to put me on the radio kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like I'm sure that inspires many people to be like, man, I'm going to keep going yeah. in the face of this, you know, impossibility. Yep. But uh, for something that, like, I see so many other people out there who deserve, you know, success so much more than me, mm-hmm. that I'm like, I don't want to, you know, hang around and do mediocre things and just, you know, cloud the market. Kind yeah, of okay. I want those people to get noticed and I will support, you know, you and... And other people who I love and love what they're doing, I will support you till the end yeah. by not playing music. <laughs> <laughs> That's your one noble deed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shut up. I'm never going to buy your CDs, but hey, I stopped playing music. <laughs> well, you've left a dark, sad hole. A pat-shaped hole. Yeah, in the uh, in the local scene for me, man. Yeah. Um, but... You've made a decision. Yeah. And I hope you still send me new songs. And I'm proud of that decision. It was a hard decision. I, I'm proud of you for it. But I made it. It's awesome. Yeah. It's like, it obviously would have taken a lot of uh, introspection mm. and uh, knowing yourself. I haven't told my parents yet. They're going to be so happy. Oh, they're going to be happy, are they? <laughs> well, I don't know. Probably not. They'll be like, oh. Does this mean Bronny's not going to come around Does anymore? This... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does this mean you're going to move out? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I respect you no, for my, it, man. My parents have always been very supportive, so. Thank you to them for that. Yeah, I'll tell absolutely. them to listen to this podcast. Oh, listen every- to all the swears I said yeah. right at the end. I said something nice about. I you. mean, yeah, and like musicians' parents everywhere. It's a uh, yeah. Oh, I'm man. sure most musicians' parents are pretty awesome. Word word up to you guys. Yeah, I mean, my dad. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I love going to gigs <laughs> and sitting near your dad, and he's just going, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm proud of it, man. Like yeah. some people, I guess, would be like, "Oh, Dad, shut up!" And I'm just like, yeah, "My dad's here." <laughs> so, and I, don't, I don't reckon. And if I, you know, if uh, somebody waved their magic success wand on me, mm. I'd still want him to be in the crowd yelling, yeah. no matter how big I got. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Take your dad on tour and just put him in the back at every. No, nah, not in the back, on a lounge chair <laughs> on stage. <laughs> <laughs> just drinking a scotch that'd be so amazing <laughs> and, and wearing and Bronny, his pr- Bronny play that one about the cranes <laughs> wearing his proud smile the whole time because <laughs> he'd be more entertaining than I would be yeah because everyone I know says I love watching your dad at gigs so I'm like watch me motherfucker <laughs> um, alright man well uh, you know I might have you on some other time when you decide to pick the bass back up you're cool thanks for chatting I can't wait to hear the um like a bit of one of my songs plays and then you're like, and that was Pat, what a great guy. <laughs> I'll make it. That'll be my favorite part of this. What so should I, I promote? Hear. I don't even know what, yeah, to, what know. to promote. I've, I've been in so many bands. And you're not in any. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What song do you put up there? I'll write one just for the podcast. Really? Yeah. How's that? That would be amazing. Yeah. All right. I'll wait for that. Beautiful. Can I come to the studio to record it? Because I don't have anything to... 
Oh, but then I'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you leave the room. Okay, yeah. Oh, I'll borrow make, a microphone or We something. can make this happen. All right, sweet. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Bronny had me on his podcast. It all went by so fast. I looked into his charming face and told him all about the band in which I played bass. I haven't listened to it just yet, but I better said something I'll regret. Don't want to send the wrong message to you. I'm talking way too much about you too. There's just so much you want to say. And that was Pat. What a great guy. Um, he actually did it. He actually recorded the song. What a, how crazy. And he, and he said and quite accurately studied the timings of how I've used the songs in the past. And he fades it. He said if I'm fading him out, pretty much exact, the exact point that I do fade people out. And I feel bad talking over it because even though he's given me this little section to talk in this little instrumental bit, he didn't waste any lyrics here. Um... But later on, he even does a little lick from one of my songs and fits it into this song perfectly. He calls me a douche in this song. You might not hear it. You might hear it. But I think it's hilarious. And what a way to go out, hey, with his last song (laughs) being this one. I went to Pat's last gig with the Statics um, about a month ago, and um, I got drunk and emotional, and I hugged him, and I got up and I sang with him. I am talking over you, Pat. Wait, he's going to call me a douche. Here we go. <laughs> um, so I sang with him. I played uh, played tambourine with him. It was fun. I can't talk over this. I feel it's just so good. But I know he wants me to talk over it. Um, so what's going on for me? I'm going to release a single soon. Um, you are my friend. You've all heard it. But also, I've just just yesterday completed three new songs. I've been fucking mulling over these three songs for the last month and a half. I reckon. Um, just I've had three verses and three choruses just waiting for me to sit down and actually think about what I'm singing and uh, so I sat at a cafe yesterday for like four hours and wrote all three and now I'm about to launch them all up in your faces as soon as I can Um, I have a show on the 13th of January with Hawksley Workman at the Northcote Social Club Um, I'll send a mail out before that happens because uh, you guys should definitely get down to that if you can afford the $22 entry to see Hawksley and myself do our thing. He's from Canada. He's pretty good. Um, in fact, he's very good. He's worth the $22. I might not be, but he is. Um, and if I... Um, yeah. I'm done. I think I'm done. How's that? I'm not even going to talk after the music any this time for once. I'm going to finish when the song finishes. What does he say here? Does he say anything here? Oh no, it's just that. Thanks, Pat. You're awesome, man. I did it again. I've talked after the music. Um, All right. Peace and carrots. I'll see you next time when I can bother you some more. Um, And uh, send Pat some love. Go buy buy Brodown. Um, I think it's three bucks on Bandcamp. Brodown.bandcamp.com. Some hilarious songs. And wildboar.com.au. 
because that's his baby at the moment. And, uh, yep, Pat, what a guy, what a great guy. Um, I've talked way over. Just when I thought I wasn't going to, but then I realized I haven't really pimped Pat. Um, when he gets a job, or when he gets a, uh, like a, you know, an office job or, or a, just, I mean, he works at Fist to Face at the moment, so maybe I'll just tell you to, um, I'll start just pimping where he works, because he's not doing music anymore, so when he gets a job, any, any new job, I'll just, I'll just tell everyone where he works and you can all go visit him. All right. Peace and care.